Welcome back. You guys are listening to the Chronic Sisters podcast and this is just for the record the fourth time we tried to do this intro and I tried to get Jess to do the intro and she stuffed it up every single time which is why she's laughing in the background. So you're listening to the Chronic Sisters and I'm your host Sean and I'm joined by my co-host Jess, I'm idiot I'm so Jess, sorry. I'm who's here, been guys. removed from uh, intro privileges. Sorry, guys. Welcome back to episode three. Thank you so much for your support from episode one and two. We just want to check in with you guys and with each other after episode two. We're very aware it was quite a heavy one. Bit of a heavy one. Bit heavy. Bit heavy. We're very overwhelmed, though, with the support that we've received from all of our listeners once again. And I can tell you that I was incredibly nervous about putting this one out there. Mm. Sean and I even second-guessed ourselves whether this was the right move to drop something so heavy so early. Yep. But um, you guys have been incredibly supportive and I think it's been quite a cathartic thing totally, for yep. Sean and I to put out there as well. So thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Also just want to highlight the fact that um, research shows that chronic illness sufferers are twice as likely to develop anxiety or depression. So we're very, yeah, (laughs) check, check. (laughs) very aware that it's real. (laughs) Um, So once again, just look after each other and yourselves, please. Mm -hmm. Um, But today is going to be a much lighter episode. We're talking about how to be a good mate, the definition of a good mate, yep. and what's a to- toxic mate, and just how to be a good person and how, how to support not to be friends. Shit. How how to be a good bitch? Yep. Yeah, or but a boss, bitch or, boss, boy or girl, either either. It, all of it. Just how to all be the a bloody good person because yep. we're sick of shit people. Yeah. But before we get into that, I'm gonna once again hand over to Sham because she seems to do this thing <sighs> where she delivers inaccurate facts during so our episodes inaccurate. and I'm so sorry but yep. I'd like you all to know that I'm the honest one because I've got nothing to clear up okay but, um, okay Sean, please be honest all with right. the people so it's now going to be probably an ongoing uh, feature <laughs> in our podcast of a fun fact follow-up um so during my discussion in previous episode two um I described the place where I had my clot in my brain um as the brachial artery <laughs> and for those of you who know anything about the human body your brachial artery is actually in the crease of your elbow in your arm and uh, it is not in your brain and so I actually had to go and get my um discharge summary <laughs> because uh, it really bothered me that I said the brachial artery. It just rolled off the tongue, even though it's incorrect. Um, and so I got the discharge summary to clear everything up, and I've got it here. Hang on, just let me rustle some papers. <laughs> um, what does it say? We it found it earlier. left MCA artery. The left MCA artery. Your middle cerebral artery. So it's a big one. The, it's the, the biggest one. The biggest one. It's the brain. most important one, really. Um, it's the starting point. Um, so, yep, it's not the brachial. It's uh, whatever Jess said. I've already forgotten it. Part of the brain that died <laughs> I clearly is where I store the information of the brain artery names. Uh, so don't need that anymore. But, yeah, so clear it up. It's not the brachial. Apologies for that. And also, fun fact, um, I found out after the podcast, uh, my mum listened to the podcast. And um, she said, oh, yeah, uh, I've got to tell you, when you went in for your stroke surgery, I told them uh, to not resuscitate you because I knew you wouldn't want to be a vegetable. We love that. Love that. It's heavy. Didn't know how to take it at first, but I was like, thanks, mum, for um, holding my life choices. And that is right. I wouldn't want to be ventilated and kept alive. 
Um, you can give my organs away. I'm also an organ donor. Don't know if they'll so take many of them. Yeah, do that. Go on to Donate Life and sign up for that. That's yeah. a special thing and I'm a part of it often and it's very, very special. So Yeah, love that. If that's something that you think you might be into, we support that. Totally. Yeah. And if you don't, just think about it yeah. a little bit more uh, because you don't need them. Where are you going? No. I don't think. <laughs> but like I said, I don't know if people actually take my organs because they're a bit dodge. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, most people are like, if you can't donate your larger organs, you can donate tissue. But no one will want your connective no, tissue. I wouldn't donate it. I'm like, it's not worth it. Nah. The oh. eyes as well. You can have them, but you can't but you see can't shit. can't see. She's like literally blind. <laughs> oh, well, same. Try not drive in the dark because you can't see. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But that's all my fun fact follow-ups. So welcome back, guys, to episode three. So we're going to be talking about friendships today. And when Sean and I first started talking about friendships and like we started speaking about the different types of friends that we have, and we thought, we wonder if there was actually a thing that defines the types of friends that mm. you have. Because Sean and I were talking about it and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, you've got your chronic sister friend and then yep. you've got your friend you're D&M with and you tell all your deep daddy jo- Deep dirty. Deep dirty. Deep dirty secrets. Deep and dirty secrets too. Yep. And then you've got an errand friend. And I'm sure everyone has an errand friend. Oh, yeah, for sure. I love an errand friend. Sean does love an errand friend. And I love an errand friend. And Emmy, if you're listening, you know that that is you, sister. (laughs) Love them. The friend that you can just like, oh, I want to hang out. But like, I've also got to like cook dinner and like go to the post office and like buy some indoor plants and food shop (sighs) and then wash a few things and do some ironing. But I want you there. So, yeah, so you like it's just someone to help you along with the boring tasks, yeah. you know, it makes it a little bit Make the boring more fun. more fun. And it does two jobs in one. But my partner absolutely hates the idea of an errand friend. Zach does hate Zach it. Zach hates that an errand friend. That is not quality time. It's not. It isn't. And that's valid. And that's valid for him. But I love it. So he's not my errand friend. He's my partner. <laughs> he's my <laughs> life friend. But I find, I find other friends to do errands with instead. Mainly yeah. my sister or my mum. Actually. Yeah, mum, yeah. Mum's a good errand friend. Mum's a great errand friend. Yeah. But um, when we went on and did some research, we actually found that Lifehack defined eight different types of friendships. Eight. Eight. That's I know. so many it's friends. so many. <laughs> um, so when we read it out, we were like, oh, my God, it's so true. There are so many different friends. So yeah. we'll go through them and try and think about your person when yeah. we say go through them all. So there's obviously the loyal best friend. The besties. The bestie. Um, the fearless adventurer. So the one that you want to explore and do f- fun. Ex- fun not, fact. Yeah. No, no, it's okay. okay. I'm just adding to the story. So yeah. my fearless adventurer friend, after our first episode, she messaged me and congratulated me on and us on our podcast and then followed it up with, I just want to say that I'm really sorry if I cost you any of your spoons in the past. Um, with because all of my wild so ideas. Well, yep. Emmy, my errand friend, she messaged me and said, I'm really sorry that if I told, I know that in the first episode that you said like you hate when people say you look really good, but inside you feel really shit. And I'm really bad at the emotional stuff. And I tell you, you look good all the time. And I yeah. like hanging out with you and we do fun <laughs> shit, but I'm not good at that part. And so I want to apologize for that. So that's a bit like, sweet. Like, oh, like um, but I also said it was the best spoons I ever spent. Yeah. Some of those stories. And I'm sure they were. Oh, yeah, like 12 o'clock at night. She'd be like, do you want to go out? I'm like, sure. And then we go to Fast Eddie's and have like waffles and ice cream. Yum. Random. I'm so hungry. I could go <laughs> some waffles at the moment. Yeah, we've, we've, uh, we've booked this book uh, recording after 
I've been at work all day and you've been on an errand day. Yeah. And it's before dinner time and oh, it is dinner chewing time, at the but, bit. You know, that's what happens when you work full time. Yep. And Got to squeeze it in. And you decide to hustle with this little project. But anyway, so the loyal best friend, the fearless adventurer, the mm. brutally honest mate. Love them. Love them. Also scared of them, but scared of love them, them. But God, they're good for you. Love them. Um, what else? We've got the wise mentor. That's me. I think you're quite wise. I'm the I'm the problem solver. Yeah. The advice giver. Yeah. The wise one. Yeah, yeah. I definitely. You I don't listen to my own advice no, though. We're ba- we're both terrible at that. Mm, yep. Who I saw someone the other day and they were like, "Can you just stop and re-listen to your podcast <laughs> and and maybe take that on board?" Yeah. I was like, "Yeah, right." Okay. Yeah. Um, the friend from a different culture. So the friend you often learn and experience a lot of new things with Mm -hmm. the polar opposite friend. Yep. The friendly neighbor. Now, (laughs) when we looked this up, it actually literally meant like someone who lives in your little neighborhood. Mm. But I I mean, you have a friendly neighbor though. I do have a friendly neighbor. She's so lovely. She's almost 80. Bless her. Love you, Linda. And she... A couple of years ago, my front yard was a big sand pit mm. and this is when my ex had left. I didn't have the time, the money or the energy. Or the to, passion. Or the passion. I don't give a fuck about gardens. <laughs> I'm so sorry. The people that do appreciate you. Mm. I don't. And so I was like, ah, well, I don't mind the sand pit. But I think I was letting the facade of the street down. <laughs> like <laughs> I was the ugly house on the street. So oh, I think that's what happened. But and they just rallied together. Yeah. Someone needs to do something about the sand well, pit. I think so. And so because <laughs> my garage goes into my back. So I come through the, the back door mm. to come into my house. I don't give a fuck about the front. Mm. But it's huge. It's huge, right? It is. So one day, I'll never forget it. It was about 18 months ago. I got home from work and there was a card in my letterbox from Linda. And she had spoken to a few of the other neighbours, Trev, Karen, Jim, Tim, you know, all of them. (laughs) And had said, we want to do a front yard for you. Sounds like a sitcom. It does, doesn't it? But also sounds like a beautiful romantic comedy. Like they all just wanted to chip in. Yeah. Do you know what? I actually thought life would be like neighbours and home and away before I moved here. That sounds very home and away, neighbours esque. It still is, really. And to tell you now, it's 18 months, never stepped foot into my uh, front yard. And I have cute little plants, and they propagate it in their garden and bring them over. And Linda's in there three days a week. It's so beautiful. And it's so cute. And I'm so grateful for them. So that's my neighbour friend. And then when my frangipani drops all its leaves, Sean goes, there's lots of fucking leaves I have to walk through to get to the front door. There's so many. It's like a sea of frangipani but, leaves. yeah, I don't do anything about that either. And then mum comes and all of a sudden the fairies are here and they're gone. So we'll just wait for mum to come back. Thank yep. you. Thanks, mum. And then the last one, number eight, was the work wife. And I think it's so important. I think nurses especially, we have some serious work wife um, oh yeah, I, I have. Sean definitely has a work Ooh, wife, and work she'll wife. tell you all about it. Yep. But I think I have work wives. I'm a bit of a hussy. Ooh, you've yeah. got a harem. I do. Yeah, a harem of work I wives. Do. We've got like a, an intensive care gals group. Intense. It is intense. <laughs> and so I've got a few work wives, yep. but love them. But Sean has her special work wife. My special Bobo. work wife. Oh, Fobeline. She. Um, it has been my work wife for a few years now and to the point that um, she came to visit me when I was in hospital for my stroke and I was having um, some procedures done. Anyway, she was waiting for me to come back and I came back and my lunch had 
arrived. Um, but unfortunately, I had to lie flat, like I was explaining previously, um, for 24 hours. So I couldn't sit up and feed myself. So she sat there and fed me tortellini. Yeah. And I was looking forward to it so much. And I was like, oh, I love pasta. And she was like, I'll feed you. And bearing in mind her like newborn child, he was maybe, I think it was maybe two at the time one or two, was sat in the pushchair being completely ignored by his mum because his mum was feeding me pasta. Bless. I was like, does he want some? And She's like, oh, he's allergic to tomato. He can't. Poor, poor Vo, poor Blaze. Poor Vo, poor Blazy. And literally after episode two, poor Vo's like, oh my God, that's just brought back a lot of memories. Yeah, a lot of my, f- that. yeah. But anyway, we love, love you. Vo. Love, love you, Vo. love you. And so when we put that out there to you guys a couple of days ago. So many responses. So many. So exciting. Thank you so much, we're not, guys. We're not talking to ourselves. It's no, really it's so nice. lovely that you guys listen. It is lovely. We put out and asked you guys what are your qualities that you believe are most important when looking for a good friend and in your closest friends, what do you see in them? And there were a lot of key themes. Mm. The biggest one was trust and loyalty. Yep. And we couldn't agree more. So, so trust, much. loyalty. The other ones were reliability someone who's empathetic someone who's appreciative of your time and your friendship someone who is judgment free someone who is honest with you someone who is funny that you can have a laugh with someone who's reliable understanding forgiving has the ability to listen and listen actively and someone who's respectful and we think that's a lovely summary of what makes a good friend the best friend it's like um the Powerpuff Girls when they like mixed everything in to make the Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, cute. No? Love, yeah, okay. Love that flashback? We'll call that, you can quote us, the Powerpuff Theory, if you don't mind. Oh, stop it. No, Look I at know. you quoting. We're only episode I three. I know, right. And speaking of theories, um, Sean and I have a few um, women icons that we like mm. um, that have a few other theories. And when we read about them, we were like, yes. Yeah. And actually one of them, Sean sent me, so I'll get her to explain it. But they're from this chick. And if you don't know her, don't follow her and haven't read her book. That's our recommendation you for the week. You need to do that. That yeah. is your homework, it's, friends. Her name is Florence Given. Oh, And she has a book called Women Don't Owe You Pretty. Yes. And she has a theory. She actually has two. I'll tell you about one. Um, A theory of that you've got a table, right? And the people who sit at your table, they take up a chair Mm. at your table. And that's a special table. And you don't want chair fillers. You don't want people at your table that don't deserve to be there. Mm -hmm. So think about it when you think of friends and think, you know, do they deserve a seat at my table? And do you want to sit and spend that time with them? And I thought that was a cute little visual analogy. And then Sean, which I didn't know about till the other day, but Sean told me about the elastic band theory. Yeah. So Florence, um, I follow her on Instagram religiously. Um, and she posted about a theory that she was talking about um, how people um, in your life need to be let go. And so um, you are living as you are currently and you're growing and as you're growing it's pulling on this elastic band that's attached to these negative people that aren't growing with you at the same rate and so what you get to a point where you've grown so much that the elastic band is stretched as far as it can go and you just need a snip 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 that elastic band and then you can grow exponentially you saw you, yeah. saw. you fly you saw. off bye and that's what I'm trying to do right now. Yeah, bibbidi bobbidi bye. Slip and fly. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, going into that, we yep. might go into 
some toxic friendships and what we've they, all had them. We've had them, what they do, how they make you feel and how they stop you from that elastic band theory, stop you from soaring and flying. Yeah. So when we looked up definitions of toxic friends and how they make you feel, uh, this resonated with me incredibly. Um, recently, I've seemed to be filtering out people that I have had in my life for a very, very long time. And for one reason or another, we've drifted most of the reasons I'm unaware of. It just seems to be happening. Um, but I, when I read how they make you feel, I thought, you know what? Sometimes these people make me feel like that. And that's not healthy. It's not. It's not. And Toxic's in, in the title. It's it never is. normally good it, for you. It's not good. Hey? <laughs> and anyway, I've, I hate to say it, I've lost sleep more about this group of friends this year than Ugh. I have for, you know, being really unwell, nearly dying, all those things. This has worried me the most all year, which annoys me. It annoys my friends, my family, my best friends who are sick of me talking about like, what did I do? How can I fix it? I know now there was nothing I've ever done, but my parents, they're hilarious. And Oh my gosh, love, love. We... I think I'm like the perfect combo of how mum and dad cope with these situations. So my mum, she's like me. She's like, what did I do wrong? How did I let this happen? What can I do to fix this? And she overthinks and she overthinks and she loses sleep. And she's the nicest human in the world ever and it's never her. But she's always thinking, well, surely there was something I could do better or have done wrong. And that is how I have felt all year. Mm. Now, I think that's because we're nurses and we're always putting other people before us. And maybe it's a bit of that and just personality wise. Yep. My dad, he's like, fuck him. Bye. Literally, fuck him. And so I think my parents were so upset because especially these group of friends, they have spent so much time over the last... 10 years growing up with my family, um, spending time often living at my family's house and things like that. So mm. they were really affected by it. And I know mum and dad both got really upset and cried about the fact, the way that I had been treated and, yeah. and they were really hurt. But dad, dad channels his energy and he's hurt through a little bit different, a little bit differently. So um, one day I got home from work and there was just a little book on my, I'm um, just getting it for you guys. A little book on my kitchen bench and he'd listen to, I don't know, he listens to all the shit like, I don't know, the old people radio, 6PR, ABC. <laughs> That's old people radio. I'm sorry. I'd really try to get around it, but I can't. Oh, love it. Anyway, and dad had heard an interview and her name is Dr. Hannah Carell. Oh, yes. And I actually wrote down what she was. She's a neuropsychiatrist. Mm. Um, and she focuses on friendships and letting go of people. Anyway. AKA legit. She's real. She's a real deal. She's a real deal. And a lot of the stuff we'll be talking about today comes actually from her theories in her book. But it's called How to Break Up with Friends From Friend Shit to Friend Split. Yes. So I was like, wow, sleep, dad, sleep. empowering. And so he was like, hey, honey, like, I'm sick of you losing sleep over it. I think you just need to read this. And there's like journals in there. There's there's activities. There's homework. It's an active book for you to do. It's a participation book. Anyway, I literally scrolled to the back of the book. That's the worst like, kind of person that does that. Also, um, I told you very early on that's so why we didn't write a book because Ugh. I'm a terrible reader. You, that, I always skip. I skim. I start at the no. back. No, anyway, so bad. Actually, it helped in this way. Yeah, Florence's book, 
Sean and I started oh, our own book club. Just this the two hurts of us. me. This hurts me. This hurts me. The story. It hurts me to my core. Hurts me. Please continue. So Sean was like, "Oh, we should like read chapter, read a chapter, and touch it, base with each other, and check in, see what we like, see what key themes we yeah, like. like." A mini book club. Yeah. This would be great for us, great for what we're doing. Yeah, Sean, yes. love that. So I bought the book, bought Sean a book. I was like, surprise, got you the book. You know, we're all excited. It's beautiful. It's a pretty book. And Sean apparently reads a book like a normal human from the start. But <laughs> I I looked at the chapter um, titles. I didn't even know what that was called then. That's how <laughs> not books I chapter read. Chapter title. Looked at the chapter title and I thought, what one is speaking to me right now? What do I need to hear right now? And I would just flick chapter nine, chapter 17, chapter three, chapter seven. It didn't matter. I just read what was speaking to me. Yeah, look, I get what, I get where you're coming from. I get it. I understand. But it still hurts my soul that you didn't go in chronological order. That's the thing. Okay, let me start again. To start <laughs> from the book, to start at the start, work your way to the end. And then once you've got the grasp of it, then you can dip and dash. I don't have time to read a book twice. Oh. I'm sorry. Sorry, sis. But you know what? I was I was actually really trying with this book club thing. Like I said, I've never been a part of one. I was writing down notes for I was you very from proud each of you. chapter. So I might not have read it in order, but I was paying attention. Anyway, I flicked to the back of this book that's called How to Break Up with Friends. And at the back, my dad has written a powerful quote. Powerful. From himself. We're going to quote, quote Big Hazard. Big Haz. Big Haz Coming has quoted. And I think you should all take this on board. We don't lose friends, Jess. We just learn who the real ones are. Love you. Yes. Yes, Dad. Thanks, Dad. Anyway. You should get a tattoo of that. I could. Maybe you should have saved that for the quote at the end. I'll say it again. Okay. <laughs> Questions and quotes coming at that you. That good. That you can hear it repeat. twice. I do have a good quote for you. Don't worry. Um, anyway, so that is a book that we recommend if you are going through some shitty friendships or reevaluating some people in your life. We're just throwing out homework in this episode. Yeah, but it, it's good for your soul. Oh, absolutely. Like, I think I grew from doing it. You'll all experience the elastic band theory if you yes. do it. So, you know, snip, snip. you're missing out if you don't. Anyway, so let's talk about toxic friends, how they make you feel. So mm. they drain you mentally. They bring you down. They don't build you up. They gossip, they make you feel nervous, they make you feel anxious. I've definitely had situations where like you've booked a coffee or a lunch and you're like, fuck, I kind of want to bail last minute because mm. you get that that unsettled gut, gut feeling. feeling. Yeah. Well, one of our listeners um, messaged in and was like really nervous about talking about um, this toxic friends- friendship that she had. And um, she was like, oh, I, I wrote it down. It's really cathartic for me. Thank you so much. She wrote it down. And literally the whole message, she she felt all of those things. She felt um, nervous. She felt like she was walking on eggshells. She felt paranoid. That She felt that she was being gossiped about. And it's like, if you're with someone as a social person and they talk to you negatively about other people, the chances are, they're talking negatively about you to someone else. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Like that, yeah. we've all learned it. Yeah. Probably yeah. the hard way. And then once you've seen them, you leave with that feeling of unsettledness. Going, yeah. What are they going to do with that information that I've just shared with them? 
Yeah. Are they going to go gossip to someone else? I mean, that's sure. That's how I felt. It's I not felt, a safe space. Yeah. And I just felt like I was constantly compared. That's another one. Comparison's huge. Yep. I felt like because my life was no longer in line with theirs, I wasn't engaged, married or having a baby anymore because mm. I, it was made to feel like it was my fault. Like, sorry, my ex decided to sleep with his receptionist. I'm sorry that happened to me. You so know? sorry. So sorry. Sorry to, sorry to inconvenience you with yeah, my life. Sorry, guys. So sorry. Thanks for checking in, but nah. Um, and then they kind She's of... She's not bitter about it no, at no, all. No, I'm not. I'm really trying. We've moved on. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And we're so trying we're to trying. move on. We are because I'm doing, I'm doing all the homework, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they try to change you to kind of fit them. So that's kind of how they make you feel. Mm. And in, when then when you're by yourself after you've spent time with them, you often feel lonely, quite isolated. You feel stressed or a bit agitated and you don't really know why. You know, but like friends, like, friends shouldn't have like... That shouldn't be the effect that friends have on you. Absolutely not. Do you know what I mean? That's why we're filtering them out. Yeah, no time for it. No, absolutely Mm -mm. not. Do you know, as a a child, friendship for me was like a really big thing. So I obviously felt really um, isolated because I looked different. I was real lanky, skinny. I was taller than everyone else. I always had weird shoes because my flat feet needed support. So I couldn't wear the cool jelly shoes that everyone else was wearing. Mate, I had orthotics from year three. Dude, it was a I, lot. I remember hey. being trauma. Like I remember as a child being taken to the shoemaker, like not an actual shoe store, but a shoemaker and being felt like I was being tortured for my life, putting on these awful lace-up shoes big, chunky and oh they're chunky, hey? oh they're horrible they were the ugliest shoes I, I once had orthotics made for my ballet shoes and anyone knows what a ballet shoe is like it's pretty much just an undie for your foot like <laughs> it's just like a, a tiny piece of material that you can tie in a knot it's that soft mm. and flexy so when I saw a ballet physio and podiatrist I was like yeah they'll just allow me to dance and I won't have the pain. No, no, they made me orthotics for my ballet shoes. How did that even exactly fit? right? So they're just these rock hard things. So they're like, okay, now go on point. I'm like, no, I can't. Like I've got this big block under my foot that's stuck in my shoe undie. Like anyway, <laughs> horrible. And then I was like, oh, they were red and blue too, and they did not look cute. Wow. Anyway, trauma, trauma. <laughs> um, so yeah. I feel yeah with the we whole... We should have an alarm for like trauma alarm, trauma yeah. alarm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Constant yeah. sirens. Stop it. Yeah. So anyway, my, as a child, you all you want to do is fit in. That's all you want to do. You just want to fit in. And I did not physically fit in. So I was attracted. I just wanted friends so much that I put up with so much shit that I probably shouldn't have. And I was just obsessed with the idea of having friends. And... I had like primary school was like a safe age kind of I had a couple of good friends and then high school happened and then high school was pretty lonely for or we call it secondary school in England secondary school slash high school um depending on where you're listening um the first part of it was god awful because I got split up from my one friend from primary school we were on the opposite side of the years on like the split oh, years yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. a b a side b side yeah she was on the other side to me so I had no friends and again I looked different to everyone else it wasn't until probably the last two years that I actually got a good group of friends and I actually still speak to those group of friends now um and I've gone back to England for um uh one of their weddings um oh that's so nice pre-covid obviously um and I've been invited to other weddings and um of the group again 
who knows with COVID. Um, but yeah, so it's there. So I did manage to get that little group of friends. And when I moved here, similarly, it was tough at the beginning because you're just like, ugh, everyone judges you on surface value. And you're like, I look weird. Um, so I, friendship's always been a big thing for me. So when I have a good friend, I keep them. Yeah, but they're special, man. Good friends are very hard to find. And like I said in episode two, like, you know, in bed, like better or worse, sickness and in health, Mm. like a good friend that's there all the time through it all, they're hard to find. And I have friends from all different areas, like uh, primary school, high school, actually not really from primary school, that's a lie. Um, But high school. Did you just say a fun fact follow up? No, well, I've just fa- I've just followed it up now. <laughs> Damn it. I, was, I just said primary school fell off my tongue. <laughs> but actually, no, we, I'll put daddy. In, no, we didn't go to the same primary school, but we've been friends since primary school because we went to dancing together. Does that count? I don't that know. Counts. Thanks, daddy. I'm going to put you in both boxes. <laughs> um, but from all of those areas, but I seem to just have like one or two people from each of those areas and they're so special mm. and and the people that are in my life have been in my life now for years and I'm yep. so lucky to have such amazing friends and so we thought well we've now d- told you what a toxic friend is we've told you how they make you feel so what should you do about that well not ignore it like I did for a few years and like I've done for the last two so we're gonna, we're gonna. We've lived through that. It doesn't work. And so we're gonna practice what we preach because I nailed that saying. You did. The first, well so thank done. you. Thank so proud you. of you. you. Practice what we preach, mm-hmm. and um, we're gonna tell you how we think you should deal with a toxic friend. Not just us. Not just us. Doctor Hannah. Oh yeah, we've also got info from Hot Doc Han. So, number one. Numero uno. Take space for yourself. Take time to think about all of those things we just said before about those feelings that you're left with Mm. before you hang out with them and after you hang out with them that's actually really hard to do it is to check in with yourself it is and you You have to practice it yeah and think how do they make you feel and is that a feeling that you want to continue to feel Mm. like I know when I hang out with Sha I'm like see that bitch tomorrow fucking love it but some people I'm like oh don't need to do that for another month. Yeah. So just check in with yourself. How do they make you feel? Mm, like eating a rich chocolate cake. Can't eat the Sorry, whole thing. What? No? No. Well, what? If you eat a rich chocolate cake, you wouldn't know because you're gluten. But if you were to, when you could eat gluten, yeah. and you had a really rich chocolate cake, you can't eat the whole slice and you feel sick and you don't want to eat anymore. So is that the toxic friend? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like a coles chocolate mud cake oh but they're good (laughs) they're so rich i remember when i could eat gluten so i've got ptsd this is a bit (laughs) off track but back in primary school afternoon tea and recess at school mum would buy a coles or woolies mud cake you know that the 2.99 mud cake god i love them and she'd cut it into eight and then she'd freeze them Eight, 12? I don't know. How many pieces? I heard, just visualize okay, a sorry. slice of cake. Yeah, I'm, I'm visualizing. And it's covered in glad wrap and it's in the freezer. <laughs> just each individual <laughs> slice. So mum would throw one out of the freezer into our lunchbox. And so by the time you ate at recess, it was just a cold slice of cake. It wasn't like frozen. Yeah, right? but the, all the icing would get stuck to the cling wrap. Sometimes, yeah, like enough. <laughs> <laughs> no. Anyway, that's what we did, right? 
And then the other snack that we would have, which Sean only learned about me last week because someone from work offered us one, was a chocolate mint slice. Oh, <laughs> I love them. Yeah, so Sean ate all of them. And I literally, I smell them and I nearly yak. I'm like, oh. So you know when you just overindulge in something? Yeah. It was the mud cake and the chocolate mint slice. And now my brother is such an asshole. Like, <laughs> oh, he's such an asshole. Love you, Ben. Love you, but not really because <laughs> if I'm like in a shit mood or if he just wants to wind me up because that's what we do, I'll come home and there'll be a packet <laughs> of chocolate slice under my pillow. Like that's <laughs> under just, your pillow. That's just what he does. He's like, ah, fuck ya. Or like, <laughs> we'll, you know, we'll be at, say we're shopping for Mother's Day present or we're both at shop at the same time. It'll yep. just sweep us and just like <laughs> swipe a mud cake into the trolley about. <laughs> so <laughs> mean. So mean. But anyway, that was so off. Topic, but <laughs> mud cake theory. I get it. You can mud quote cake. that Yum. with the Powerpuff quote. You're welcome. Um, what else? Next, set boundaries. Absolutely. Again, so difficult. Do you know what? It, this is where this is where it gets difficult, right? Putting yourself first and actually living by those rules is actually quite difficult for someone who doesn't do it naturally. So, like my sister, she is a boss. And she puts herself first in terms of like setting boundaries and like expectations. And she's like, shit person, don't want it. And she has the best um, like shit friend, friend da. Oh, so she's like, don't like that. She's like, beep, 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 dickhead. Gone. (laughs) Instantly. You're out. You's out. And she'll say it really early on. She's like, I don't like them. And I was like, no, she's really nice. See, the thing is, yeah, I can do that for my brother. But when he does it to me and he's always right. Yeah. I'm like. But maybe they'll be nice. What does They've he say about me? Around forever. He like he. I don't like this, but he says that you're the funniest person he knows. Which, mm. Winner. Yeah, that hurts. Winner. Ben. But you know what he actually said? He said, "Surprisingly, you're a lot funnier than I thought you were." <laughs> when he listened to episode one, Jess. So, <laughs> thanks. I guess that's Johnny. a compliment. Thank you. We'll take that very much. Um, but yes, boundaries. Yeah, really hard to do, but very worth it, and it is about practice. Yeah. Absolutely. Practice small. Start small. Start small. But boundaries mm. are like, I think they should almost be number one when we think about how to deal with a toxic friend. Um, and then also like think carefully before you get back in touch with them or think carefully before you decide to say yes to the next catch up. Mm, mm-hmm. I find and looking back, I was actually the one doing most of the organizing. The chasing. Yeah. Like I was keeping everyone in contact, everyone friends with each other. I was the one often reaching out to organize something, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't get that in return. Mm. And if I didn't put, say like, let's catch up, let's organize something. When are we all off and available? I don't actually think it would have happened. So I should have checked in before I, like with myself. That is a red flag. Red flag. Um, So yeah, be kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. Be kind. That's definitely another, a a big important one. If you look back over the period that you've, before when you were questioning what was happening, can you see red flags now? Yeah, uh, kind of sometimes. I don't know. I think it's so hard. I think what we did have when we were great was great. Mm. Um, Oh, I don't know. It is, I I think it's just me. I just want to be like, kind to everyone nice yep. to everyone and keep them around and See the good I, I everyone. ignore the red flags mm. and as I started to appear I continued to almost back them mm-hmm. and I probably shouldn't have done that and then because I didn't get any closure they all just decided to pretend I no longer exist 
And then did all they do a memorial page? Oh, I should ask <laughs> if they haven't. Can you set me up? <laughs> You're a pro at that. Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Too Uh, soon. soon. But yeah, I think because I never got any closure, they all just cut me out. Mm. I don't know. I think I'm left still. You have unanswered questions. Unanswered questions. And so I think I'm still ignoring the red flags, but I'm like, "Mm, Jess, they don't care about you. You should move on. But that's a hard thing to tell yourself and a hard thing to accept. Yeah. And you're living through it. You're working through it. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. It sucks. But then again, it's not you, it's them and all of that stuff. stuff. So so why why do these people do this, do you think, Shana? Well, it's not just me um, because although I am the wise friend with the advice, it's not just me. We did have to check in with uh, Dr. Hannah. Yeah, we did have to check in with some um, resources. But a lot of them, um, you, you get what you give, you know, and if they expect little from you they'll give you little so they'll see you as a chair filler and that you're not that important to them and that you will actually come back even if they give you the shittest behavior and they'll keep doing that because you don't have to spend very much energy if someone is yeah, still there minimal is yeah. enough yeah minimal's enough and you're getting like the full reward back so why would you yeah for those types of people yeah, yeah. you know and like you, you're the convenient friend. You're like, you're always going to be there. So it doesn't really matter. I can treat them however I want. I can talk to them however I want. Yeah, because they put up with the way I treat them. So yeah. they'll you don't push the boundary. There. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, really, if you really think about it, and my mum used to always tell me this, it's just because they're jealous. That That is my mum's favourite thing. She's like, Jess, they're just jealous. They're just jealous, which I never believed. No. Nah. But to some extent, it's true. Something that you've got. I would like to got, think it is, but again, I find it so hard. No, but like, yeah, but something that you've got is the jealousy of someone else. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So and, and it just it just burns them. Yeah. So the response is, I'll oh, just repel them and treat them. Or badly. they just demote you and find someone else to replace you. Yeah. And then they need to easy. get dropped off the face of the earth. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I guess the question is, why do you like you know that that treatment's not good? Like, if someone came to you and said. Or my partner is treating me like this. You'd be yeah, like, fuck them off. ditch that yeah. person. Yeah. So quick. I think that is the thing with partners. You're either together or you're not. Yeah. But friends, you're in that, you can be in that weird gray weird zone space. for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And I think looking back, when you said looking back, I think we probably have been in that weird gray zone. You're not a great friend. Mm. We're not not friends. Mm. What are we? But then you become like this, um, it's almost habit. Yeah, like yeah, it's and because we've gone through so much yep. together mm. and when you've like, well, you've been around for 10 years, I can't not have you around mm. anymore. But then if you were to meet that person fresh out the gate now with the qualities that they have, you probably wouldn't be friends with them. Probably not. That's very true. Because you're more friends with the history and the story yeah. of your past. Yeah, and all the memories. Than and, the person yeah. standing in front of you. Very true. And you're invested in that rather than the actual friendship that's happening now. Yeah. That's, I like that. Yeah, you're welcome. That's the third theory today. You are all so welcome. We yeah. are wise tonight. <laughs> oh, dear. But yeah, I think I think I put up with it for a long time because I didn't want to rock the boat. I didn't want to cause drama. That's not me. I remember one time when I called out one of my girlfriends because she lied to me effectively and I said, oh, that's... I actually just... It was a very kind message, but I said, that's not really on and if you want to hang out with those people please don't lie to me just tell me because mm. the truth 
yeah, it might hurt, but I can take that. Mm. Like, I'd prefer that than you lying to me. Yeah, you can process um, that. And her response, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but her response was something like, well, I don't really know how to take you at the moment because you don't normally confront when things like that happens. Normally you just let them slide. Mm. And now the fact that you're confronting me about it, I don't know how to take you or how to respond to that. So that was a red flag for me that I'm like, holy yeah. shit, I've never stood up for myself. Yeah. I have never set boundaries. I have never spoken my truth when I'm hurt. And yep. now the first time I've said, hey, please next time just be honest with me, hang out with you want, whoever you want, even though the people you're hanging out with really does hurt me. That's okay. Just be honest. Mm. She was like, nope. How dare you? And we haven't seen each other since. Like that's how petty it was. And yeah. I've tried to reach out multiple times, but I'm like, wow, if I can't speak my truth, then bibbidi bobbidi bye. <laughs> yes, see you bye. <laughs> so yeah, but that was me. I didn't want to rock the boat. Yep. I just kind of thought that, oh, well, a bit like we spoke up before, they've been around forever. Mm. We'll get over this little hump and everything mm. will be fine. But I, we know other people kind of, we spoke about chair fillers and like you'd rather have friends and like we spoke about Sean yep. when she was younger. You'd rather be surrounded by people, mm. even if they're a bit shit. Shit. Yeah. 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 So, but yeah. then there's also the really, um, I guess it's a sad realization is that you actually feel like you deserve it. Like, oh, that's yeah. all that you're worth. Yeah. And that's that's around your self evaluation. I, I was, I have to admit, I was in that phase for a long time. Mm. Like, I was like, maybe, you know, if, if they've all turned against me, well, then it's me that's a problem. And yeah. You're just growing. Oh, snip, snip. Snip, snip. It's the elastic band. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that so much. So. We've, we've snipped everyone off that we don't need, that doesn't bring something good into us and into our friendship circle. It's all about really investing in those good people, right? It's about putting energy into people that you actually gain something from and that bring something to your table that you're allowing them to sit at. People don't just get a free seat. No. Mate, my, my seat's expensive. 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 You want to be surrounded by people that you trust and that support you and respect mm. you. Like, especially, I mean, even starting this podcast, you can really see who your real mates are. Like, they were cheering us on from yes. the side. Like, they weren't jealous. They no jealous. Weren't, they weren't like, what the fuck are you doing that for? They were so supportive. And they're the people you want to surround yourself with. Yes. The people that are going to build you up and not tear you down. They're the ones that increase your happiness, that you want to spend time with, that you want to share exciting news with. Yeah. They're, they're the people that you want around. They're the people that make you you a kinder person. Yeah. And you're a better person. And like I, the way I kind of view it is like I I put out what I want to receive, right? So yeah. similar, like we were talking about in the first episode. Was it first episode? Anyway, when I kept barging through your door and feeding you. I we probably touched on it both, but yeah. I think it was episode one. Yeah, I I tapped into what I would want and how I want to be treated, and I one of my life ethoses is to treat others as I would like to be treated. And if you're not going to do that for me, I am certainly not going to do it for you. Yeah, I will absolutely be polite to you and give be civil, but I'm not going to give you the full friend treatment. That's like top level. Yeah, you gotta be a special person. Yeah, biggest special. Not everyone gets that. Yeah, and like you're not you're not alone in wanting to have new, better quality friends. Like you do sometimes just outgrow those people, and 
you you and yourself might change and become a better friend and you're like I want to level up I want I want people around me that would give what I would give to someone absolutely yeah absolutely and like if you are going through a bit of that time where you are reevaluating some of the people in your life you can just choose to reinvest that time on yourself it doesn't make you a loner it doesn't spending time by yourself doesn't make you Debbie Downer with no friends like you have precious time. We speak about our spoons all the time. You have Mm. very precious time and you can, that time that you would have spent on a toxic friend, instead spend that time on yourself and think about, yeah, who you want around and and why you want them around. Do you want them around, like Sean said, because of the memories, but you, when you're together, actually they don't lift you up and Mm. you are left with those horrible feelings of unsettledness and agitation and depression do you want that no well it's like a it's like your clothing right so you've had a jumper for 10 15 years you put it on it's baggy it's got holes in it you've had some really good times in it but you're not going to wear it out true you're gonna throw that in the bin or in the memory box in the memory box keep it it. park it don't wear it it doesn't need to come out again but you appreciate it for what it was at the time and I think as well, that like, was nice, fr- that? that was beautiful. <laughs> well spoken. Good wow. job. Who are you? Who's the eloquent one now? <laughs> it's wow. definitely not me. Stop. It's not you if you have to introduce the podcast, though. Um, <laughs> four times. <laughs> it's fine. Fifth time's a charm, mate. But I think with a good friend, it it builds on a moment. It, it brings something extra into the into the moment like you don't want people that you have to change who you are around you don't want to have to kind of watch what you say around them or you know like you just want people in your life that you can be yourself with who are going to be non-judgmental and who are going to lift you up because life's already too hard absolutely it is. It's Do you so know what I mean? hard. Oh. It's so hard. And, and then you throw in being having a chronic illness yeah. on top of it. Yeah. Like yeah. you have to be so careful with and your that's time. What I, said. I got so angry at myself that I was battling all these issues to do with my chronic illnesses this year. And I still put all my leftover time and energy into worrying about them, worrying about what they thought, worrying about what I did wrong. And then, like I said in episode two, I actually haven't heard from them all year. 2021, not one message checking in. Mm. It's now July. Why am I still thinking about them? They haven't yep. cared about me all year, Just Let it go. <laughs> but like, anyway, yeah, I agree. Just life is hard. Life yeah. is hard enough. Don't life make it hard harder enough. for yourself. And especially with a chronic illness, you the people that you surround yourself, they have to be able to lift you up when you are feeling absolutely negative. Like when you're in your minus spoons. And like, they have to be accepting, like we're not cookie cutter people. We've got our extra little bits of spice. Yeah. And in, in, on saying that exactly right. When we put up that thing on our Instagram about qualities, my friend, I'm disclosing who you are, even though it was going to be anonymous, but it's M, my Erin friend. And M said, another quality that I really expect, like respect in a friend is someone that is honest with you. And when you fuck up, can forgive you because we're not perfect and Mm. friendships just like a relationship they can sometimes be hard work but you want a friend that you can sit down with 
like unfortunately I couldn't and say hey this is how I'm feeling Mm. this is how it's made me feel can we talk about it and then move on and I think that's such an I think that's such an important quality of a friendship Mm. and especially as an adult that's a true sign of an adult friendship yeah like a mature let's sit down let's work through this because I value you as Mm. a human and I don't want you out of my life over something petty Exactly. And I think with, um, so like for, for me with chronic illness vibes, um, my friends have been super supportive of me and my change in lifestyle since my stroke. Like my friends are pretty full on party animals, love a dinner party. Love, they have a wine club. They have a I'm wine so club, jealous. guys. I'm so, so jealous. I've heard so about je- it. I'm like, well, I could go instead <laughs> of you. <laughs> so they have a wine club that I obviously don't go to cause I can't, I can't drink it. Anyway, that's beside the point. At at parties, they specifically will have non-alcoholic drinks in a cocktail dispenser and have glasses so that I'm not just there with like the kid cup and a and a glass of water. And it's those tiny little things. It makes it so really small, makes you feel valued. Such a beautiful gesture and it makes me feel like Okay, a lot of them got married in the last couple of years and there was a lot of hen parties that I had to go to and obviously hen parties have a lot of drinking games involved, etc., etc. I'm quite a competitive person. I still want to play the games. Um, so they included me and like put all the games and I had like a non-alcoholic drink at the same time, still fizzy. I still was handicapped because the fizziness went up my nose and like gave me the bubbles, you know, when it goes into your nose. Because when you drink it really fast, I think the alcohol makes it less bubbly. So mine was super bubbly. Yeah, like it, I could imagine like drinking a Sprite. Really yeah, like straight through a straw, yeah, like yeah, yeah, right yeah, bubbles yeah. up the nose. Um, and bubbles. Uh, what's that fish from Finding Nemo? The crab when he loves the bubbles? Yeah, vaguely. I told you I'm really bad with animated movies. Oh, my goodness. Why did I agree to do this with you? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) What's that mean? I was like, you're not like that thing from Despicable Me. Grew, guys. Grew. I'm just really bad with animation. I'm so sorry. Anyway, all I'm saying is when you find people that respect you for you, despite what you've got going on and who can support you, just support them back. Love them. Yeah. And so in, in saying that, just a few hot tips on how you can support a friend who's either got a chronic illness or a mm. friend who's going through a difficult time. Yep. We just wanted to give you guys some hot tips on uh, qualities that we value when mm. we're going through a, a flare up or a rough time or yep. a bad pain, pain day. Yep. So checking in, I think, is just a huge one for me. It, mm-hmm doesn't have to be that you come over and do something extravagant like Sean, like fill my fridge and Bit sit extra, and force sauce. feed me. <laughs> it doesn't need to be that extravagant, but just to check in like, hey, I'm thinking of you. Yep. Hoping you feel better. Are you okay? If there's anything I can do, let me know. Most of the time I'll probably just say, no, I'm good. But it's really nice just to have someone that you care about and that you know cares about you. Yep. Check in. I think that's pretty important. Yep. And I think as well for chronic illnesses with the whole spoon theory around depleting your spoons before an event, if we bail um, on an event or coming over or change the plans, it's not it's not personal. It's just that that day we've we've spent too many things doing the general day. Um, and that we're not going to bring the energy that we want to bring to the event. So if we pass on an event that we've had planned with you or we reschedule, it's not 
that it's at a personal attack on you. Um, it's just that we might have been having a really bad day. And it's recognizing that as well and and calling it out. So be like, don't worry about it. I hope you're okay. We'll organize again soon. Um, yeah, and on that, like, if it's something, say for Sean, like it's a hens or something that I'm not into, like, please invite us anyway. Like, yeah. just, I don't know, it, it's, it's sadder when people assume for you that you yeah. don't want to be there because you physically can't emotionally mm. can't mentally can't be yeah. there so they just automatically write you off mm. like we might say no but it's so nice to know that you're still thought about and, and included included mm-hmm. in that so please invite your friend that sometimes might struggle in a specific situation because it hurts more to see everyone together Mm-hmm. especially through social media and things like that yep. when you see and that's often how you find out these days yep. your friendship groups together and you're not and it's automatically like I've had before oh we just thought you were working you work 12 hours like yep. every weekend so we just thought you were working well, can you please think of your mates that might have chronic illnesses different jobs like you yep. know it doesn't have to be just chronic illness it can be lifestyle things but just invite them mm. Yeah, still invite them. Send the invite. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think as well, what's like super important and at least I know for me personally, ask questions. I'd rather you ask questions to me than talk about it and and like gossip. Bella, after my birthday, Sean, Bella and I were cleaning up and Bella the next day said to me, she's like, I feel so bad because I asked Sean so many questions, but I was just so interested and I want to learn but like I feel terrible I didn't want her to have to tell me those things Mm. I was like oh Sean does won't tell you things if she doesn't want to yeah man I have control of my mouth yeah but she sometimes she was like oh (laughs) but sometimes I feel bad like no I would absolutely prefer someone to ask a question than to assume or to gossip about it behind my back I'm my source of truth although I get it wrong a few times weekly (laughs) Weekly. Weekly. i'm gonna have to go through this whole app and be like bitch you lied again (laughs) i'm sorry on that though if a person that i know of as a friend comes up to me and goes hey so i looked up um this paper on this thing that you have oh my god brownie points to you friend yeah (laughs) oh my gosh it's so cool if someone shows insight and investment in your own story to the point that they've researched it to get more information. Oh my God, that's amazing. It's so cool. And like, um, like even my mum and dad and a few of my friends, um, there's a book out there at the moment by a girl called Bridget called How to Endo. And reading it for me, I don't, I didn't actually learn anything. Mm. I felt very validated when I read it because mm. I was like, oh yeah, this is how I feel daily. This is what I experience all the time. Yep. And that, it was nice to know I wasn't alone. Mm. But when I had friends and family say, hey, when you're finished with that book, can I read it yeah. so I can learn better what you go through daily, what a flare up looks like, how can I best support you? Yeah. Like, that's cool. I was like, absolutely. You can yeah. buy that book. How validating is yeah. it though? Like it's, it pumps you up that people are in your corner. And, and that people care. I'm yeah. like, oh cool like there are actually people that want to help me yeah it's nice it's a I, really I nice think that feeling. and without our being asked to either yeah. like it's showing your own intent to do it is just like so amazing and it's just so loving yeah. and it, yeah I just can't can't support it enough is to like actually reach out and, and support your friends by doing some research yourself yeah yeah I and think that's wicked saying that, sometimes if you do have a chronic illness or you are experiencing a shit time for one reason or another mm. you might just want what we would call a spoony night. Yeah. Just a night 
chilling on the couch, mm-hmm. take away pajamas, yep. trackies, movies, talking shit. Like I've got like Bella, Georgia and Jess, we are down for a spoonie night mm. all the time. Yep. Like if it's raining outside, if one of us doesn't want to go out, we don't bully each other to be like, oh, but I want to go out. We yep. go, hey, let's have a tracking takeaway night. Yep. And it's so nice. And some of the best nights ever, like we had one recently, my stomach was sore the next day mm-hmm. because we just sat around the couch and we just laughed and laughed and laughed till we cried. Yep. And they're the best nights. And so, so be relaxing down for too. a night like that. It's not always about having to go out mm. like that's what you do with your friends. A real friendship is someone you can absolutely do nothing with. And it'd be fun. And it, you still have the best time. Exactly. And like when you are making plans, if it's not for a spoonie night and say, for example, for me, like my story that I just said about my friends doing a non-alcoholic drink, that's amazing. Like that's so good for me. And like for you looking at a restaurant that is gluten-free, like those small little things. My friends are bloody great at doing that. Love that. Honestly, all of my friends are excellent. They're like, Yep, you can eat stuff here. Let's go here. Yeah. And I don't want to be that bitch that's like, I can't go there because I can't eat anything. Yeah. But like I know that all my closest friends always have me in the back of their mind. Yep. And I never even, I, I don't even look at menus anymore because mm. I know wherever I go, someone, they've always thought of me. Yeah. So that's really nice. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And last but not least for our advice is don't give advice <laughs> about chronic illnesses. If you haven't experienced it. If we haven't asked it either. Yeah. If I get told to try turmeric and black pepper. And some bloody hot garlic. For my pain. Yeah. One more time, I'm going to (laughs) spew. Have you ever tried turmeric? I've been trying to make Sean... When we recorded our last episode, I ended up making us chai lattes. But I did offer her a turmeric chai. And I nearly threw it at her. She... Yeah. But... Apparently, the fucking actual medical team are now telling me to try the turmeric. So I'm going to tell them <laughs> that I'm going to give it a hot shot. But like, honestly, some of the random shit that they tell you, like people tell you like, oh, I saw a few like TikTok theories. TikTok's not a real thing, guys. Like, Oh, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I've got ADHD from TikTok. So yeah, but some of the stuff they say, <laughs> they're like, have you tried this? I'm like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, it's yeah. like with chronic migraines. They're like, you should get your ear pierced. Oh, that's a good one. Oh. That didn't help my headaches at Mate. all. I haven't noticed a difference. Well, I've Mine's got I get tears. Botox in my head now, so that works for me. Yeah, my, uh, Bella gets it too, but I don't know. It hurts. Yeah, it, yeah. But, Only get it if you need it. Yeah, and from someone who medically recommends it, <laughs> yeah. don't go to a cosmetic nurse. Cause. It's like, can you just botch my forehead and stop my migraines? Yeah, doesn't, it doesn't work, work like that. that. Whoa, jinx! That was wild. <laughs> we ha- we've done that at least once every single episode. Yeah. So in tune. So <laughs> stop in it. Sync. All right, guys, um, we're going to go to questions and quotes now. To, yeah, questions to and quotes, up. wrap it up. Do you have any questions, Sean? Any questions for me? Any questions well, for the people to think about? Well, I guess the whole episode is a question for the people to think about, but for you specifically, um, what would you tell your past self if they asked for advice around friends? Oh, you always put me on the spot, don't you? Oh, um, what would I tell my past self? How past are we going? As past as like you like. Jess yesterday or Jess when she was like 17? Well, whoever asked you the question, it's your it's your choice, mate. Oh, okay. Righto. Um, I don't know. I think, I think I'd like to tell my past self, please don't put as much time and effort into worrying about how other people feel about you. Mm-hmm. 
because like I said, I can't like I've lost that much sleep over it mm. and it's stupid. I'm not getting anything back from them. I'm like yep. frustrated at myself. And every time I tell myself, get over it. If I see something on social media, if I hear about something, I still get upset. Yeah. And so I think I'd tell my past self to stop to and I, and I do know this, but to really realize that you have some bloody incredible people in your life mm-hmm. and some friends that have been in your life for 10, 15, 20, 25 years, they're the people that care about you and you care about them and invest time and your energy into those people. And I think I'd also like to tell my previous self that I sh- like, Sometimes I find myself and I do it often. I vent, I vent to my best friends about the way I'm feeling about my shitty friends Mm -hmm. because I know that they're going to support me and agree with me. And obviously it's an outlet for me. Mm. But at the same time that I'm doing that, I need to stop and realize that the person that I'm talking to and having an event with, they fucking care about Mm. me. And Mm. like, who cares about them? And yeah, I can have a quick bitch, but like, how lucky am I to have the friends that I do have? And so I think I just tell myself to stop, check in. And look at the beautiful people that you do have in your life. Yeah. Because they're who matter. So thanks for making complain. me think about that because I might try and do that a bit more yeah, now. Yeah, good. Thanks. That's what I'm here for, thanks. babe. Thanks, doll. You're welcome. Thanks. I told you I'm the wise friend. Wow. I just taught you a lesson by yourself. You thanks. did it yourself. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. Do you have any questions for me? Um, I don't know. I, well, this is one I was thinking about too, but it'd be nice to hear your side of it. If you do have a friendship that fizzles out or someone that you're thinking about that's in your life and you're kind of reevaluating why they are mm. and it kind of just dies down. I think a lot of friendships, they just kind of fizzle and you mm. never really have that conversation. I think in a relationship, it's that we're together or we're not. Mm-hmm. So we have a conversation about we've broken up. Yeah. But a friendship like we spoke about, there's that gray area. Yeah. So what would you do for yourself to kind of give you the closure that that friendship might actually be over. Like what, how would you tell yourself? Um, well, I would just do, so I've done that with um, people in my life. Yeah. And I, it wasn't a big event. It just, the tables were uneven and it was not even on my side. So I, re- I went through an evaluation stage in my life on multiple levels and I was looking at what was coming in, what was going out. And it was more of a logistical thing, like a logical mathematical equation, really. Like I was giving heaps, not getting much back. So it wasn't worth my time and energy. So I yeah. I was able to close that and not feel guilty about it. Yeah. And then I just, like you said, I stopped investing in setting uh, events up with them. And um, I stepped back and you know, it was reciprocated. And so, and that was enough closure for me to that be like, yep. it all, doesn't it? And that's, that's exactly right. Like I think visually, like if you look at my text messages to these people or social media stuff, it's all me, it's one-sided. Yeah. And I, if that's a visual representation to say, Hey, I'm putting in a hundred and I'm not even getting 10% back. Yeah. So that's, I like that mathematical thing that it's like, you know what? Um, this is not an even. Yeah. It's black and white. Yeah, then if you take clear. away the emotional side of it, it's black and white. Yeah. And uh, it got to a point that I had to do that for myself to be able to, to cut that back. Yeah. So 
Yeah. Love that. Why, Love Sean? that. Well, you know, All right, bring guys, in the game. we're going to wrap up with our quote of the week. I'll let Sean go first. She's got once again book. got her tiny little book that tiny sits in her book. car. Um, and she has found a little friendship Friend. quote for you all. Oh, my goodness. Can you hear my dog? I, <laughs> he's been so well behaved. This, I think because Zach's might be here oh, now he for dinner. Oh. Um, yes, so is. Zach is here and my dog's yelling at the doorbell. Okay. So we're going to wrap this up with a quick quote. Okay, so a sense of humour, like a true friend, sees you through the bad times. Love that. And mine is, as you get older, you really just want to be surrounded by good people, people that are good for you, good to you, and good for your soul. So remember that. that, guys. And thanks for listening again to episode three. Sorry if you can hear Bundy in the background, but it's been a hot minute. Have a good week. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye.